Welcome to the Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the exploration and cultivation of the outside genius found in neurodivergence. Hello everyone, welcome to my little cognitive corner of the world. My name is Lillian Skinner. Today I'm going to talk about creative intelligence because I realize that not too many of us actually understand what it is, kind of why I went into it because I really couldn't find anything that reflected how I saw it. And there aren't too many degrees on actual creative intelligence at the cognitive level. It's mostly for technology. Don't have too much talking about how actual creative people's brains work, how different it is. And I think that's because our system has gone all in on average and they have sort of denied creativity as a value. And so the creatives have been kind of left on the outside. And now they're trying to bring us back in, but possibly in the worst way because creatives need a lot of freedom. They need a lot of flexibility. Our brains work in a way that is outlier-like. It's the perspectives that most people don't have. And our system has this thing where it tries to make us all have the same perspective. That costs us other perspective taking. And those of us who have creative brains, more creative the brain is, the more perspective taking you have, or the more different your perspective taking is, we are defined as neurodivergence. And neurodivergence means we have different diverging neurology. But really what it means is we have different diverging perspectives. I have extreme version of that. I am two things that our system really does not cultivate and and sort of pretends doesn't exist. And that is big picture seeing or big picture perspective. And I also have a deep internal perspective because I happen to be an autistic savant. And I am a high functioning autistic savant without disability But that's also a misnomer because I have technically all of the learning disabilities. The reason that is, is that my brain has high cognition, but it wears out the cognition is so high. And so my brain gets very tired. And I realized that most of us don't have a clue what that actually means. So I decided today to take the first episode of the year that's going to really go into what we're doing for the year. And that is focus on what exactly creative intelligence is, because literally... I'm defining it as I go because there aren't many people like me in the world and my outlier perspective is that much of an outlier. I'm the one who's writing it down and making it valid as I go. And that makes people nervous. So I have to share what I know and what I see because I am pushing a new way of seeing. And when you push a new way of seeing, you're questioned. And I think that's a good thing. I want people to question me. I want people to come back and say, I don't get it or... I don't understand how you see this or explain more or something because in your questioning, I can describe it better. But this is something that is very internal to me. This is how I move through the world. And so for me, it's very obvious. I'm not exactly sure what other people need to hear because this is the way my brain has always worked. And all I've done is just start sharing it. And I also have a family of savants. So I also have the perspective of I'm not alone. And that has helped me share it because I can see other people's way of using it and going through it. And that gives me more ways to share how it occurs. I have this unique perspective and I'm handing it out to others because I think that this is the future. I think that we need to have more perspectives and that we have with AI and the algorithms coming and all the ones that are already here, we limit the views of the world to this very 2D perspective. And it's a system favorable perspective. It's not a person favorable perspective. And I think the perfect example of that is this article I read yesterday that was this person complaining on Reddit 
about how he requested off for his wedding and he didn't get it. <laughs> and so he quit his job. But the idea, he was, these people need to realize that when I request the time off, I need the time off. It's not really a request. I need it. They have to give it to me. They can't just say no. And I think that's an example of a much bigger problem. And that problem is we've forgotten that working for other people is a negotiation, that we are not slaves. We are actually free people and we can come and go as we want. But if they won't allow us, if we agree to work for them, you know, 40 days of, of the year, and I'm just saying this, but if you agree to work for somebody like 40 days of the year, they say, okay, we want to see you two days, Monday, Tuesday, each week of that two days after you've done 40 days, you get two days off that we'll pay you for. So it's essentially working 38 days and you get two days off and you get to pick up those Monday, Tuesdays, which ones you want off. But then when you put them in, they say, no, you owe us all those. Say you want Christmas off and they're like, no, you have to come in because you know, you, we want you to be there. And you're like, well, Christmas is important. It's a holiday. Most people get it off. So that would actually count for, you know, two days. So if you're going to make me work Christmas, then you're gonna have to give me a th another day off or something like that. And that's negotiation. That's how it used to be. But we lost that when we switched over to more of a Prussian style education system, because we were all conditioned to be good little workers and not actually entrepreneurs. And the expectation is switched massively in the favor of the employer against the employee. And we are all sort of just not realizing we could ask for more because we have they have sort of separated us and made us all individuals competing with each other and we've forgotten how to collaborate with each other. And this is very important. And this is where neurodivergent views come up and help because neurodivergents are like, why are we doing that? Neurodivergents are the ones who have the outside perspectives and they are pushed out because they spend so much energy trying to see the perspective of others and their perspective isn't valued. And I'll give you an example. He went into a foresight certification course and my perspective was not as valued as other people's and mine is the most foresight eat you can get. I have the most foresight of anyone I've ever met. My foresight brain is very on and I see things that other people don't see. And yet I was being told, keep a lid on that. I'm like, this is a foresight course. I'm not supposed to keep a lid on that. I'm supposed to actually open up and share that, but that's fine. They can do that if they want to. I'm still gonna go do my foresight thing. I got my certification, I moved on. But it does make me realize that my foresight is definitely not average foresight, it's extreme. And the reason it's extreme is I am a very big picture thinker. My brain just sees all of it. And I was listening to a podcast today, the Radio Lab podcast today, where they're talking about stochasticity. And I realized that stochasticity, which stochasticity is the process of a state of a system that cannot be precisely predicted given its current state, even with full knowledge of all factors affecting the process. So the process of stochasticity is very much a process that we're in today because our current system has, knowing all the factors, which we do, we, we know most of them, we know the process that we're going towards is headed towards a bad place. And so they're sort of bringing back the neurodivergence in a way, but at the same time, they're trying to control them, which is why systems probably collapse because you can't control neurodivergence because they're the outside the box thinkers. So the second you put them in the box, they are pretty much facing mental illness. But this is what I've personally discovered growing up in a family of savants. Like as soon as you take us out of our way of being in the world, you are subjecting us to mental illness. I think that this is probably abundant in many others as well, but I am not gonna say for certain because I believe that each person is different and I, I can't say that it applies to everyone. But I do believe that many of the people out there who suffer from mental illness are just neurodivergent thinkers. They need a different perspective and they need a different workplace and they need the one size fits all. They need a different environment than that. That doesn't fit them. And 
When you have really large perspective taking like I do, you are constantly having to translate that to other people's perspective. And this is what brings me to my topic today, which is tutoring. Because I don't think people really understand what tutoring is. I spent some time in tutoring when I was a kid. Totally don't remember anything other than what the whole entire environment looked like and the what was going on outside and the other people in the class and the teacher, but not actually any of the content. Because I am a big picture thinker and I have very few filters for my brain and it takes in everything because I do have autism. But the thing that it will actually skip over is the thing that they want me most to pay attention to. So I talked about in prior podcasts how we see everything and then we have to filter it out. So the thing that's actually the least we're able to see is that little tiny piece of paper in black and white in front of us when the whole world is in live color 3D. We teach children to focus on the thing that is wanted by the teacher that really determines your success. And they call conscientiousness. Success is conscientiousness, but I don't think it's conscientiousness. It's not actually conscientiousness. It really is that focus. It's whether or not you can focus and how long you can focus on the one thing that the teacher wants you to focus on. And that is relative, right? I mean, if you are somebody who has a neurodivergent brain, you're gonna focus on everything else because that's your job in life. Your job is to see the different things. If we all saw the same thing, we'd all just be lemmings. We'd all just go off that cliff, even though that lemming story is a lie and lemmings don't go off the cliff. I think Disney's the one that won an award for actually throwing lemmings off a cliff to make a point. The point is that we are supposed to have these different perspectives because otherwise we as a species would have died because you can't just have anything be too uniform, any bacteria, anything like that. It must be changing. It must have difference. And that's just a part of life. It'd be great if people could stop trying to make it out like it's such a bad thing to be different, but our system very much conditions us all to think that it's going to have to take different forms before people come back. I am seeing among the younger people more acceptance. I was watching Wednesday with my daughters on Netflix and That's basically a neurodivergent family, and my own family has been called the Adams many times because, you know, we kind of just march the beat of our own drum, and I think it's great. We're the healthiest family I know. Wednesday's not the example that I would actually choose. The family seemed a little more dysfunctional, a little more real, whereas my family's actually closer to the original Adams where they're all really fine and happy and they don't care. I think that we should start realizing that the whole perspective-taking thing is actually what we're doing in tutoring. Tutoring is where your teacher essentially takes you and repeatedly over and over and over again says, this is the perspective you have to see this at. This is the perspective you have to see that at. And when I was a kid, I would be tired a couple hours into the day from taking that perspective because my brain does all perspectives. I'm a big picture thinker. And when you talk to kids with ADHD, when you talk to people who have big picture perspectives, they are all over the place because their brain's like, bing, 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 bing. I kind of see it as like we all have a box inside our head and those of us who have the small picture perspective, those are the very detail-oriented people who will have a really incredible amount of knowledge in a very small area. And I think of Peak and the savants that they typically talk about where they can do math really fast in their heads because their brain has like a bazillion connections in this very small area. And so they can do it amazingly fast because they've built those connections. My brain box is huge. And so my brain actually processes really fast because I do have a lot of connections in it. And people are like, wow, but that's because I have no filters and my brain is constantly growing. I never grew out of my toddler style of learning. So this is my creative brain. It's big, it ping-pings all around. I can't stay on a topic for anything in my life. And people come to me when they need novel solutions. And I deliver actually quite quickly because my brain's like, oh, I love that. It has a huge payoff. There's a big fat dopamine hit for me. That's why I started this podcast because 
I like doing this and I'm going to keep doing this and I want people to hire me so that I can come up with novel solutions and see things that other people can't as regards to people. But we live in a society that still is not ready for that. They still want to march drum set. We're all in the same army going to the same war and we're not. We're not in the same army and we're not going to the same war. I certainly am not going to war because I would suck at that. I am a pacifist vegetarian who does not like war. I've always kind of been on the outside and I'm going to continue to stay on the outside because my sensitivity is so high. I have no choice. So back to tutoring. In tutoring, I remember really struggling to understand what they wanted me to know because I could actually do the math that I was sitting in there for tutoring, but I didn't do it the way they wanted me to and they kept insisting I had to do it that way. Now, savants have deductive brains and that's how my math worked. I've always deducted backwards and figured out a bunch of ways to solve the problem, not just one. And I do have one child who's a math savant and she definitely does this and her brain does it a lot faster than mine. Mine's slower in the math side. It's faster in the people side because I just have more connections because that's what I like. And that's what our special interest points us to is the thing that we want to build the most connections in. And eventually we get around to building it in everything, but it does start in one area and sort of circle around. Now our picture is big picture and we fill in that big picture the older we get. And then we have to learn the positive space and negative space of it. And in our world, they only want you to see the positive space. So you're constantly on the same page as them. The problem is, is that some of us are not likely wired for seeing the same page as you. We're actually wired for the opposite and we just haven't been valued. But we are really valuable in the mental health space because in the mental health space, a lot of mental health issues are just you not understanding how you really move through the world and you not moving through the world the way they say you should, the average way. When I went through my trauma as a child, it taught me. And the thing I learned was that if I wanted to heal, I needed to understand the whole picture. I needed to understand as big of a picture as I could. Because once I put all the players in place and I saw how they all got there and why they did, it wasn't really about me being personally traumatized. It was, ah, this is kind of all messed up. And it wasn't that I was the person that was wrong or wronged. It was just that the system was dysfunctional and I had to figure out my own way. And that was what led me to be like the original Adams family where I have a family that's really happy and healthy and it's a motley crew of misfits, but we are peaceful. We have a very peaceful way of being where we just let everybody be who they are. And we don't fit into the rat race much, but we also don't care. It's just not the way we are functioning and it's lovely. So when I see children struggling in tutoring, I ask the parent, do they really need this tutoring? Because really what you are doing in tutoring is trying to show them with the examples, the way to think. But you could actually skip that and go to a straight, very clear thing where you say, you need to actually get the rhythms or the patterns of the teacher or the book that you're using or whoever their test writer is. And I figured this out in, after college when I took about 20 different technical certifications, realized I didn't need to actually read any of the books or do any of the content or even touch the equipment, which I did for my job, so I had some level of knowledge, but I didn't actually need to do that. All I needed to do is read the questions, not the exact questions, but the question types. Like I needed to read as many questions that were gonna be similar to the ones on the test, so I knew the style that they were looking for and how to answer it. And once I knew the style of their questioning, I could answer it just based on that. Like I could limit it down to two questions just based on that because I knew that they were always looking for this sort of perspective. And I'll give you the risk assessments um, certifications I had were the most like this. Risk assessment is a certain perspective. You're looking for all the things that could go wrong. When you take a technical certification, 
for actual hardware or software. You're looking for all the things that make it right. And it's a very different perspective. And yet it was the same content. And I had to learn the perspective taking. So once I figured that out, I realized tutoring is just which perspective to see it from. When you're taking math tutoring, you're seeing it from like how they want you to solve the math problem. There's a million ways to solve math problems, believe it or not. And you can figure those out. There isn't just the single way that they teach in school. And for my family, because we are big picture seers, we actually need to stick to the theory. So when my daughter, who took math enrichment, and she ran up right through it, there'd be times where she'd be very upset because the tutoring was not teaching her in the manner that matched the theory. It was basically a hack that got her there, but wouldn't actually apply to the big picture. And she'd be crying because she was like, this isn't right, this isn't right. And the teacher was like, well, it does get the answer. And I said, well, does it match the theory? And a lot of times they were like, I'm not sure what you mean, because they didn't truly know the theory because they were a younger person and they, they weren't that involved with it. And so when I looked it up and saw what the theory was and figured out how they were doing it, I was like, oh yeah, it doesn't match the theory. So we have to realize that a lot of neurodivergent thinkers, they're, they're just different perspective thinkers. They're just big picture or small, very small picture. And our school system really has taken a pretty small picture, like a middle to small picture, because they want everybody to be on the same page. The problem is, is that when you put everybody on the same page, eventually we run into a problem where everything is uniform, everything's vanilla, and things start to break, build too much detail in one area, but we don't have it across the big entire view, and things get like they are now, where we have a system that's caving in on itself because it's too dysfunctional, it's too one-sided, it serves too few at the cost of too much, and we're now having to turn and change that perspective. And that perspective starts with creative perspectives. It's creative perspective taking. So my brain is a multi-perspective taking brain. Most neurodivergents have a perspective that is different. What most people are looking for when they want to be successful is the perspectives that will apply to the thing they're doing. If you know who your clients are, if you know who you're trying to serve, you'd want to get those perspectives. And they say that in a very roundabout way, but you would really need to see the different perspectives. So you'd want to build a base of people that have that perspective, and then you'd want to talk to them and figure out how you would fill that niche. And they talk about going and finding your clients, but what they really don't say is who your clients are and figuring out what people have that. We have a million zillion niches where we used to make everybody want to be the 1950s. They all had to be blonde and, and blue-eyed and tall and white, and, and that was the perspective of everybody had to be that. And man, did everybody try to be that. The only place we haven't done this is in the math and sciences. We have really sought out the 3D thinkers. We've really sought out the people who have different perspectives, but we've done the opposite in the humanities. And this is because by doing the opposite in the humanities, you're able to make everyone else fall into the box that the, the marketers created. So we hired all these male white marketers from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, and we still have them today. These large corporations are going into an era where the population is changing and they keep marching on as the same. And we have all this manipulation going on at the federal and governmental level, trying to maintain and prop up what the dinosaurs have built, but they're not going to be able to because they have lost touch with the base. And you can only sell so much to people by trying to tell them all the things wrong with them before they finally hit the wall, which I think our society has. I think we've hit the wall on how much we can change ourselves. And they keep ramping up this place we need to be that's the ideal person, but that person doesn't exist and we're all getting very, very aware of that. And those of us who are on the outside at the far extremes, we've known it the whole time because we've never fit into the box. What is happening now is that they're going to have to pivot. 
the companies are going to have to pivot and start realizing that they are the ones that have to change, not the humans. The population is already changing. It's getting more diverse. It's getting more varied in its approaches and thinking. And that is going to continue to happen. And the companies are doubling down on not changing right now because they're run by mostly white men and some white women, but not too many people of diverse thinking or diverse backgrounds or living styles. And so we don't have management in the world that sees, and this is what causes the collapse of societies, and this is why we're headed to that. And if you want to help your children with understanding things, you need to help them understand that the perspective taking is actually the thing they need to focus on. And if they can figure out what perspective to see it in, what lenses to see it through, that's going to save them a whole lot of extra work. So when my children are struggling with it, I'm like, well, let's just skip to the questions and go through the questions so you can see how they're asking it. Because we see it so many different ways, we don't know really that the answer is wrong or right because the answer isn't wrong or right. We see many right answers. This is why I fail some IQ tests and I knock others out of the park. I actually have to go to higher IQ tests. And all IQ tests are is perspective taking. Our system has picked average for its IQ. It seeks people who are between an 80 and 120 average. It talks about 130, but those of us who have neurodivergence, I was speaking with somebody who I'm doing the next podcast with and she was telling me that she's noticed that everybody who has dyslexia has at least an IQ of 130, every single kid she's ever tested. And I said, yeah, and I think that the reason the autistics don't test is because their IQ is above 145, and that's where the test stops. That's how it works for my family. That's how it's worked for many of my clients. And I think ADHD, your IQ is probably above and like in between 130 and like above 150. It's probably all over the place. Truly, we should just look at neurodivergence as intelligence of different perspective taking. And our society has decided that it didn't want really above a 135, 130. And if you are above that, you're struggling. You're struggling because they've stated it. It teaches to 80, 120, and if your child is dyslexia, it means that they're above it and that they're teaching at a perspective that the kid is not at. The kid ad eventually adapts typically with dyslexia, but if you're an autistic kid and your IQ is 150, it's much harder for you to adapt because that's such a huge gap. And my IQ is so high that it, it really, I still will never adapt. I know I'll never adapt and my children will never adapt because our IQ is just not in the same ballpark. And we think that IQ is really important, but it isn't. Really what's more important is that you understand your perspective versus others. And every day of my life, I have to realize that when I approach a group, I have to be quiet. I have to do the polite thing. I allow them to give me their perspective and then I meet them where they're at. And then I don't often share my perspective because if I do... They get scared because it seems completely out there to them and they get nervous. Until I feel quite safe and I know where that person's perspective is, I will rarely share my perspective. And yet now I have a podcast where I do that all the time, partially because it's good for my mental health and it's good because I think other people need it too. I hope you understand a little bit better what creative intelligence is. It is other perspectives. I also hope that you understand that there's two different kinds of intelligence out there. There's sentient intelligence or sensing intelligence. And then there's cognitive intelligence. And those of us with different perspectives tend to have much higher sensing intelligence. We tend to take in much more. Our sensitivity is a lot higher. And because of that, we have our own patterns already established. So when school comes along and it tries to give us others, if we've established our own patterns, then we do not really take that other one. Like We're like, yeah, I know that one and I know many others. And so you're trying to constantly figure out which one that they want because you have a ton of them because you've taken in so many inputs before you even arrived in school. And this is why you skip grades with, with gifted children. Because a lot of times they have so much intelligence in their just natural walking through the world. They have so much 
data there that they are seeing it differently. Each person manifests their it cognitively in a different way. Some people manifest it through making, some people manifest it through thinking, some are talking, singing, whatever. But the manifestation is really the goal of the parent. You want to make sure you figure out how your kid manifests their cognition. And you want to go all in on that because from there, they will grow and they will fill out the rest of it. But the brain and the body of small children, especially those who are outliers, it has limited resources, especially if you're like me and you're a really tall kid and it grew really fast. Your brain has only so many limited resources. So pull from me. And I had times where I just couldn't learn for a few months because my brain was putting to growing so much that I was in this tired, luggish state. And then I'd come out of it and I would grow and it'd be fine. But it was this big, huge lead up that that happened. And we have to understand that this is just part of nature and not come down on our children, but just accept them where that. The most important thing, that's what makes us turn out well as adults. That's what helps us be valuable. And in the next era, our differences will be what saves us. So... Enjoy your child. Do not listen to the culture that says that they're broken or there's something wrong with them. Let the culture know that it's their time to change. No more changing the kids. Thanks for listening. Everyone, take care. The views, information, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent Gifted NT Incorporated, Lillian Skinner, or the Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast. This podcast, Lillian Skinner, and Gifted ND Incorporated are not responsible and do not verify the accuracy of the information contained in this podcast series. The primary purpose of this podcast is to inform and educate. The Gift and Neurodivergent podcast is only available for private, non-commercial use. Any other use of the information contained within this podcast must be done with express written approval and knowledge of Lillian Skinner. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute any part of this podcast. The developer assumes no liability for this podcast or its use on any other podcast or other media.